This is the Coming Out Loved and Supported Podcast, the group for the LGBTQ plus community and family of LGBTQ plus wanting to learn more and do better. I am your host, Annie Henderson. I'm a certified professional life coach and also a member of the LGBTQ plus community. We are so glad you're here. Please like and subscribe. And if you know anyone that is needing support as they are going through their journey, please share because I honestly believe by doing so, we can save lives. Hello, this is Annie Henderson, your coming out coach on the Coming Out Loved and Supported podcast. We are here today with Dan Fail. Dan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, everyone's in for a fun little treat. <laughs> Dan has some great tidbits. So let me share a little bit about Dan so you know what's, what's coming up. Dan Fail is an accomplished storyteller and national speaker, having worked for over a decade on college campuses, advocating for safe and positive student experiences. Dan now travels the country as a full-time speaker, coach, and consultant, engaging audiences in hard but needed conversations. Dan shares personal stories that engage and inspire others to be their authentic selves and be brave enough to have the conversations that matter. Oh, I got the good chills just reading that, Dan. <laughs> wow. So how long did you say you've been uh, a speaker? So full-time for almost four years now, but as a side hustle, I think I've been doing it for probably close to 15 years. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And specifically, mostly college campuses. Is that right? And yeah. I know, so I, for, I know you've had some other fun experiences too that I'll, that I'll poke and prod you for, um, but go ahead. Yeah, no, for almost um, uh, over a decade, I served um, on college campuses. Actually, almost 15 years, I, I worked in the higher education space, whether that was in the alumni world doing friend raising, right? Not asking for money, but <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, making sure they felt good about their alumni experience. Or um, a decade-ish was spent specifically with fraternity and sorority members advocating for those safe environments on college campuses. So it was yeah. a lot of fun. Love yeah. It. So besides... Um, Besides the college campuses, those some names at us that we might recognize that you've uh, got to help out with. Oh my gosh. Like, like clients. Yeah. Well, so I know, I think you had done something with, um, was it the Braille Institute? Yeah. So yeah, I've worked with uh, the Braille Institute, the U S army, uh, Hulu, um, you know, it's just some of the, the larger ones and then a lot of the, you know, higher education space. So I do a lot, a lot of work uh, around again, kind of like not only inclusivity, but also the intersection of alcohol and consent, as well as kind of imposter syndrome and exploring authenticity and vulnerability through that realm of, of feeling like you don't belong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yes, uh, authenticity is definitely one of the words that I like to use with my, um, coaching practice and with my clients. So love that that's something that you talk about. So being, uh, someone who speaks a lot with college campuses, um, how, how do you see this coming up for you? Like what kind of topics, what do you speak on when it comes to talking to the college kids and authenticity? Specifically, when it, when it comes to just authenticity, what I'm finding is um, too often 
and maybe this is not just college students, this is human beings in yeah. general. Uh, we're so busy that when we ask a question, we're not actually listening for the response. We've just asked it just to ask it. Um, so, so it's uh, kind of comes back to the, you know, hey, what's going on? It's like, fine, just busy. <laughs> okay, okay. well, fine isn't a feeling, A, but B, like busy. And then, and then what happens, and I see this specifically happen with those like over-involved students too, is that they, they're like, oh my gosh, well, I've got, you know, I've got a test and then I've got this, you know, and then I'm, you know, supposed to go to work. It's like, and then the other student says, oh, I've got, you know, a test, I've got the work. And then I just broke up with my significant other. And then I've got this other paper I'm supposed to be writing. And then all of a sudden it's a contest of who's busier. Yes. And you've just stressed yourself and the other person out. Like You've done <laughs> nothing other than vent, but you've not even vented about anything that you're feeling, you're just venting about busy. Um, and no one gets a badge for being the busiest, right? Like there's not an award. Campus awards, they don't give out every year. They're like, and the busiest of the year goes to, right? Like that's not a thing. Um, and so I think a lot of the authenticity conversations stem from our lack of curiosity and our lack of relationships. And so, you know, what I mean by that is um, if I care about you, then I'm going to be more curious about you. So I'm going to ask you better questions rather than just, hey, what's up? Uh, or, you know, or, or, or something very superficial. I'm like, hey, you know, if, if I know something about you, like, hey, how's your parents? Like, hey, how's home? Uh, hey, you know, like, how, like, if I start with, hey, how'd you do on the test? Oh, I think I bombed it. Oh, that's a bummer. Maybe we could study later. Or, um, you know, like, oh, that's a bummer. Why do you think you did bad? Why do you think you did poorly on it? My daughter, she's 11. She was like, I think I bombed my math test. I was like, well, what do you, how well do you think you did? She was like, I think I got one or two wrong. She got a 47 out of 50. Like, <laughs> like Munchkin, you did great. Like, like dad wouldn't get that. And so, <laughs> right. So it's about perspective, I think a little bit too, but asking those deeper questions, right. It's like an iceberg. So on top of the surface, that's the like, oh, I'm busy. I'm fine. I'm whatever. But then if you go under the surface, that's where all of the good, deep conversations can really happen. And I think we've, we've, we've stopped caring enough to ask those deeper questions. Right. It's too, too busy to even ask the questions and such a great reminder for everyone that still have the little munchkins, right? Start those deeper conversations when they're younger. Um, Cause it gets trickier as they get <clears throat> to be teenagers and into college. <clears throat> so, um, with kiddos coming, you know, leaving their home, leaving their church that they grew up in and their house and whatever politics they know and coming and getting out into college, going away, meeting all new people and doctrines and information. Uh, what is that like? What information, I guess, do you have for families who their kids are going away to college and they're going to have this experience. That's, that's incredible. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of this in the fall, uh, this coming fall and in, in fall 2021, because um, we've had campuses that haven't been in person for a year. So a lot of rising juniors had their freshman year cut off. Um, and to, to think about it in that way, that is wild. Mm -hmm. um, to know that we've missed out almost in an entire sophomore class that has never stepped foot on a campus. And then you've got incoming students. So we hopefully 
uh, right? I'm like, hopefully, uh, <laughs> it's it's a perfect storm in a good way where we're ready to to bring in everyone that's ready to explore themselves in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say the safe environment part because, like you mentioned, when when people go away from home for the first time, they tend to test their own boundaries. Well, I don't want eight hours of sleep. I'm going to get four and be just fine, right? Like, or whatever that's going to be. And so I, I think as the more that they explore, uh, the more that we're going to have to help them with with somewhat proper boundaries or, or growth places to do that um, productively, safely, et cetera. And I think, well, what I see the most is that, you know, life is not about, and college is not about finding yourself. College is about creating yourself. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, you've had something and it's just not been who you are. And this is that that chance to be like, well, here's who I am. Uh, and here's, you know, who I want to be, regardless of who that is. Finding those friends and finding those outlets can be a, a great, you know, place for you to find a home away from home. Um, where I think where parents can really be helpful is to ask rather than just asking, Hey, how's classes? Hey, what are you getting involved in? Um, Hey, like, what are you curious about in school? Like, I know you've already got your classes. Like, that's fine. You can ask how you're doing in them. I'm hope you're doing well, please don't fail out because it's tuition money, right? Like whatever, (laughs) all that aside, I think it's like, you know, like what are your friendship groups? How have you gotten out of your dorm room? Right. Or like, how are you getting to meet more people in the residence area Uh, and really providing those questions so that students don't, as soon as we feel uncomfortable, and I think most people do this, as soon as we feel uncomfortable, we kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, this is, this is how I think a lot of people approach, you know, anything new and different. Um, but like, you know, for example, so like do this, do this activity with me, right? So this is what I do with a lot of my keynotes. So go ahead and cross your arms, kind of like you don't want to be there, right? So this is a majority of my student audience. <laughs> All right, so now you got them crossed. All right, now uncross them, shake them out a little bit, and now cross them the other way. I don't even know what I was, I can't do it. I, right, I, I right. It. I don't know. So, <laughs> so, but how does that feel? It feels a little awkward. Feels a little awkward, feels a little weird, right? Feels a little weird. Mm-hmm. I asked you to do the exact same thing. I just asked you to tweak it just a little bit. And when you think about change, and new environments, that's what it feels like. So it feels like crossing your arms one way and then having to cross them the other way. And it's like, well, this is uncomfortable. But we learn when we're uncomfortable, right? And so if you were to continue to cross your arms the opposite direction, uh, then that's gonna feel more normal after a while. And that's that's how change becomes an incremental piece of, you get used to it over time. But you know, I think a lot of that just comes back to, you've gotta push comfort zones. So as a parent, you know, I've got an 11 year old and a nine year old. I plan on challenging them and, and saying like, well, what are you getting involved in? You can't just sit in your room and play video games. Like that's mm-hmm. not a thing. Um, now, if that's what they want to choose to do, I'm not going to drive down and knock on that. Like, come on, time to get out. Like that's, <laughs> we have to let them grow uh, and, and find out who they're going to be. But what I also think is that there are more students coming into college that understand the concept of intersectionality more than any, any other generation before us or before them. And so like my son and I were, we were at the beach uh, over the summer, last summer. Uh, and I, I misused a term. I think I, you know, I said non-binary when I meant to say gender neutral or, you know, like something like that. And he corrected me. My son is nine. Actually, he was eight at the time. And he corrected me on the proper usage. He was like, dad, I think you mean non-binary. And I was like, you know what? 
you're right. I did mean non-binary. That's my bad. Uh, and I owned, you know, I owned the mistake. And he was like, no big deal. And he was, he was eight. He's eight. Like he's nine now. And so they understand it so much more. I think what sometimes happens is that, you know, we as parents inadvertently in our boundary setting have stifled some of their ability to showcase who they are or their creativity or who they want to be um, out of a safety piece. And that's, again, that's fine. But I think when we allow our, 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 our own kids, but our students to explore who they want to be and, and find that in a supportive environment, then that authenticity shines through and they can feel like they want to be or who they're going to be. A lot of times when I was doing conduct cases, you know, in the higher education settings, oh, you drank too much. Okay. Well, I can, I can hold you accountable. That's pretty easy. Cause that's like a, if you did this, then this mm-hmm. accountability measure, what I want to know is why, like, why did we drink so much that that happened? What is going on in the, you know, like what's happening in your world. And what I would find is students would go home for, you know, Thanksgiving or the holiday break or whatever. And they come back and they find out that their parents are divorcing. Or they, they mm-hmm. find out that like something is, is changed or they have found themselves and they're worried about going home. And so they, they bury themselves in negative coping mechanisms. Well, obviously it's a negative coping mechanism for a reason. And so when they, they come back and they're in this like, not anger, but just this like frustration mode. And sometimes the only way they know how to do that, depending on their friendships with others is it's that negative piece. And so a lot of times I would just ask them, well, what are you trying to get out of the college experience? What are you trying to get out of your involvement on campus? You know, when you walk across stage and move the tassel from one side to the other, I don't know if I did that right or left, left, right. <laughs> but when they move the tassel, right? Uh, what's the legacy you want to leave? And is it, is it the, the drinking to get in trouble or like what's going on? And I think that comes back to the, there's always something else happening in someone's life. We just have to make room for them to express it. Mm-hmm. regardless of whatever that might be. Maybe they're on their own coming out journey, which is their own journey. And so like someone's journey isn't everyone's journey. And so understanding what that looks like and understanding that you can be the supportive person um, where it's like, you know, hey, you know, Dan, I just want to, you know, I, I feel comfortable letting you know this, but like, I want to let you know that I'm gay. And my response when that has happened a couple of times was like, okay, cool. Is there anything I need to do to support I was like, that doesn't change our rapport. Just so you know, like, I'm still going to hold you accountable to the stuff that you did, or like, <laughs> I still need you to do your report as a leader. Like it's, you still have this stuff, but thank you for letting me know. Um, you know, and I've had people 20 years you know, ago that I knew in college that have come out and I was like, wow, the fact that you, you knew then, but didn't feel comfortable saying mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. I think about my own patterns and my own behaviors and, and knowing that like, I'm not the same person now that I was then. And I'm thankful for that. And so growth takes time. And so when students go to college, like give them that time to figure out who they are without rubber stamping the like, you will be a doctor, you will be a business person, yes. right? Like whatever that is, like give them the chance. Do I want to pay as a, as a dad, do I want to pay $60,000 a year for my daughter to be like, I'm going to be an artist? I'm going to want a minor maybe or (laughs) something else. Um, But I think that comes back to allowing your, your kids to explore their, their own path and ask them questions about what they want their path to be. And rather than saying, well, you can do anything that you want to be when you grow up. That's so, it's not ambivalent, but it's, it's almost like paralysis analysis. Well, gosh, I can be anything. 
Therefore, I might not do anything. (laughs) (laughs) So so I think providing those guiding questions rather than like, well, how are you going to pay for this? That's not helpful. And so how do you ask the questions that are really centered around, you know, what lights you up? What's a passion that you have? Um, Have you gotten involved or have you met someone that really ignites your creativity? And what Mm -hmm. does that look like? And I think finding those pieces of reframing the questions rather than just like, what are you involved in? what lights you up creativity, uh, you know, creatively or, or whatever that might be. There's just different ways that we can ask better questions. Yeah. And I think, I think that's so huge. I'm, I'm sure a bunch of people listening are like, how can I get you to go talk at my kid's college? <laughs> like, wow, such, I think you've given probably everyone a lot of great ideas. Um, I know when I think of myself and others that, you know, aren't college age, obviously, <laughs> maybe in our thirties and forties. And we've gone that path of, oh, this was a, what I was supposed to do. This was what was going to make me good money. But now I hate every day going to work. Like it was nothing that I wanted to do. And now I'm, I, there's that sunk cost fallacy of I've already spent so much time. It's hard to start over um, that fear. So I think you're right in how can we ask these really thoughtful questions to our kiddos without imposing our own wishes and hopes for their future, right? We got to choose for ourselves. Let's let our kids be happy and find what it is that lights them up. And I think some of that comes back to reassurance, you know, as, as parent coming from a parent perspective, Mm -hmm. um, or even as like a, a college administrator perspective, letting them know that regardless of choices, good or bad, they are supported, they are loved, they are appreciated, they matter. And Mm -hmm. so what does that look like um, in how you show up for them? You know, and so I remember conversations again with my 11 and nine year old, but conversations with them of, you know, so my, I've got an ex-wife, so I'm not married. Currently we co-parent like rock stars. Um, But, you know, like my daughter and I were having a conversation at one point she was like, well, you know, what was it? It was about like partners of like, well, you know, like mommy's partner can't, if mommy has a new boyfriend, then it can't be this. And I was like, well, what if dad starts to date? Uh, and she was like, you would date. And I was like, (laughs) like, yes. Uh, I was like, but I'm not dating to get like a new mom for you. Like, I'm not trying to replace, but like, what are those characteristics? My daughter started to list off physical traits. Like, well, maybe no tattoos. I was like, I've, I've got tattoos. So that feels a little hypocritical. She was like, well, I was like, what about physical? Like, it's like, I don't care about physical stuff. I was like, what about like how they treat you? And they were like, well, I just want them to be nice. Okay, great. That's a great litmus test to start. So how do we show up and, and help our kids feel supported? And so I shifted that to, you know, I was like Munchkin. And I did this with my, my son as well. I was like, I don't like, you love who you love. I just need you to know that regardless of anyone that you end up seeing, and of course they're young enough to be like, I don't want to, Um, (laughs) but I'm instilling it now to say like, regardless of whom you bring home, I love you. That is never changing. Like the, the, the foundation of love that I have for both of you is so strong that I just want you to be happy Mm -hmm. and happiness is up to you, not up to me. Um, and so like understanding some of those, and I think that's part of how we can show up better is we can't solve problems anymore. You know, as a former campus administrator, it was frustrating AF 
to have those parents call and be like, my, you know, my son or my daughter didn't get into the Greek organization that they wanted, fix it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's not how this works. Um, <laughs> like this is, this is not how that process works. Or it's the, um, I've not heard from them in 24 hours. Can you do a, a wellness check on them? Turns out their phone died. They left it at a party. They're fine. But like, it's been 24 hours. Like I understand the, like the worrisome, but if you have it to where your kids are supposed to check in with you every day. Mm. Some resentment that builds up around that arrangement. <laughs> right. And so, and, and being able to allow the freedom to discover who they are within the realm of still feeling loved and supported is going to be incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And then acknowledging should any, you know, it should any child come out acknowledging that like, I think the first things that we need to say is thank you for trusting me with this. Right. And that's just, and, and that's my own approach to it. It's like, wow, thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate your trust in me because that's a big statement to make. Huge. And so, you know, to, to come with that trust also means that I then need to, I don't have to, like, I need to share something with you, right? Like it's the concept of like, we're going to play catch. Like you're going to share something with me and I've got it. I'm not going to be like, ah, I'm going to hold this for later. <laughs> How do we like share something back? I appreciate you sharing this with me. I've often felt X, right. Or whatever that might be. Um, so I think it's just how we show up and how we care and, and building that foundation of relationships. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Everyone feel free to go back 30 seconds over and over again until it sinks in and really oh, such, such good stuff. So, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so your, your last name's obviously fail. I am sure, you know, all the jokes and all the good stuff <laughs> when yep. it comes to masculinity and failure, okay. uh, because I, you know, I don't have a lot to say on it. <laughs> I, I know I've heard it happens. Um, what I, and I know you're a speaker, so you're used to a, a big chunk of time. Okay. What kind of condensed version, uh, what can you share with us about failure and what that does. Oh my gosh. There's a lot. There's a lot. Here. Okay. <laughs> there's, um, there's, there's a much. lot to unpack. Okay. So, um, I, there's two ways to couch this conversation around failure. One in the masculinity realm, but one in the human nature realm. Um, I'll start with masculinity, but I'll end with human nature. At least that's where my brain wants to go. I might go on some tangents. Perfect. <laughs> in terms of masculinity, you know, for the, First time in human history, men, specifically white men, are, are uncomfortable. The interesting part is that we as men haven't been given the same skills to understand a changing environment. Um, so, you know, a, a decade ago, it was all about the women's empowerment movement. I remember working on a campus and everything was women's empowerment. What are you doing to empower women? What are you doing to break glass ceilings? What are you doing to this? And I was like, yes, like, <laughs> let's go. Uh, I was like, what program are we doing? I got a daughter. She's going to be a badass, right? Like, dude. <laughs> uh, and then I remember my son actually said something to me and, you know, like a Beyonce song came out. I was like, I think it was the, the um, who runs the world, right? Like, uh, and he was just like, please change it. And my daughter was like, well, I love this jam. <laughs> and I, I remember asking him, I was like, okay, like we'll change it. Cause we do we listen to a lot of what she wants. Uh, it's like, we'll change it. I was like, but like out of curiosity, why? He goes, at when, he was like, when is it? Like, he goes, I don't, everything's girls, this girls, that girls run the world. He was like, what about a boy? When is it our turn? And I was like, 
<laughs> my brain, I'm like, okay, I think he was like six or seven asking this. I was like, okay, he's not ready for me to say like, in terms of a patriarchal society, we've had the ability to control this and we've created the laws which have gotten us into the trouble in the first place. So we're not at that stage yet. We're not there developmentally for him yet. <laughs> but I said, I said, you know what? Like we've, we as white men have a responsibility to open our doors a little bit more and to uh, pass the microphone and to, to allow space, right? Like it's okay to create space for someone. Like that's okay to do. Um, and so where I've seen a struggle is that a lot of men right now, especially on college campuses that I've seen, tend to shut down instead of engage. We're seeing more women in student government roles. We're seeing more women involved on campus. We're seeing, you know, women have, have really grown into a lot of those leadership positions on campus, whereas a lot of men, specifically white men, have, have really kind of like sat back because it's easier to do nothing. Um, a friend of mine, James, and I talk, and he says, you know, like, we're okay with just being okay. And that's not okay, <laughs> right? And, and because we've just become okay with being complacent yeah. mm-hmm. um, because like, well, it's, it's about minorities. It's about, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's about women's empowerment. It's not about us anymore. Like when's our month? And I'm like, well, we've had 2000 years of our months. Like, and, and so understanding that it's okay to have other space but we still got to work on us. And, and that's where I think that we've, in terms of the masculinity realm we've done a disservice to men by not giving us the emotional intelligence in some instances to really understand the adaptation of the world is not built for us. We built the world for us, but it is a changing dynamic. And so understanding, well, what does that mean? And how does that feel moving forward? Um, Because you can't answer it with like, oh, it feels fine. I'm okay with it. Okay. But what are you doing in the world? Um, So I think like that's part of it. And as humans, to go with the fear of failure as, as human beings, uh, we're, I, I hate the question. I loathe the question, what would you do if you could not fail? I hate that question. Um, because I think that if we knew we couldn't fail, I don't think we'd try. Mm. Right? Like, and, and mm. that I'm seeing some of that and like the, it's easier to be lazy. It's easier to sit on my couch. It's easier to play video games than to actually put myself out there. And so a fear of failure does hold us back a lot. Um, and so understanding that if we can, as, as parents, as a family unit, as colleges, as workplaces, if we can create almost like a, a sense of safety and security, you will not lose your job if you make a mistake. Um, you will not, uh, right, like we will not disown you for making a mistake, um, and so if we can create that sense of psychological, safe, physical and psychological safety, then people can show up to be more authentic in their own lives and they're willing to take more risks. Companies that do better allow their employees to take risks because, right, right, like that's a thing. So like Doritos, I'll use Doritos as a quick example. If, if anyone's ever had like the flaming hot uh, Cheeto or, or, or whatever, right, like that, that, that came from a janitor. like Doritos had this, like, if you've got an idea, write up a memo and bring it up, you know, like it send it up the ladder. The janitor had this idea and was making his own uh, like mix, like spicy mix and putting it on. Like, I think it was Cheetos at the time. I'm putting it on it and was like, I think I have this idea. And when he went to pitch the CEO and the the board of directors, he like made his own little package and like did it all, gave everyone samples. That's now the, like, it's not the flaming hot Cheeto, but it's one of those like texts. 
That's because he knew he wasn't going to lose his job. He knew that he had a good idea and the company gave everyone a sense of your voice matters. So bring up your ideas. Yeah. The growth that can occur when there's that freedom and safety. Bingo. And so that is what I think a lot of us hold back of is, well, if I try and and I fail, I'm going to look bad. That doesn't have to always be the case. You can show up authentically, vulnerably. You can grow. You can try things and 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 have them not succeed. I've done a lot of campus programs where it was like, we're going to have great attendance. And like 15 people show up. Like, well, <laughs> I budgeted for 500 and this feels awkward. <laughs> I now know that wasn't the route to take. So a lot of it's trial and error. Hell, life is trial and error, right? Like, I mean, as, as parents... We're building the airplane as we're flying it, right? Like we don't, no one, there's not, (laughs) while there are plenty of books on how to parent, every person is different. Every child is different. Every needs are different. Everyone is neurodiverse in some capacity. And so understanding that like, there's no correct way. Like there's not the way, there's just a way to do things. Um, And so how we fail, is just a way to learn, (laughs) And I think that's just the the mindset shift. It never feels good. But if you know that you're not going to be punished for it, if you know that like mistakes are okay and they're a part of the human life, then then it makes things a little bit easier to understand, you know? Yeah. Oh goodness. Dan fail. There's so much and it's, (laughs) the time is zooming so fast. Uh, Is there anything else that you would like to share? I know that's so wide open. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What, um, what's changed some people's lives with this one tidbit? <laughs> okay. 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 Um, I would love it if we could stop using labels. Yeah. I would love it if we could put the value on a human experience rather than an identity and label, right? When you think about it, uh, gender fluidity has existed for millennia. Um, when we think about it, um, race is a construct to separate people, borders, state borders, con- like it's, those are imaginary things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love it if we could see a human experience as a human experience, as a person, rather than labeling it. I think that a lot of our societal issues um, you know, this is not a kumbaya-ish uh, type of utopian approach, but I think if we saw someone rather than the color of their skin, if we saw someone as this is another human being, I feel like there would be less issues. Um, I, I feel like if we could invest in, you know, maybe, maybe not just calling it mental health, because I don't think men identify with the concept of mental health. Maybe it's like a mental fitness uh, cause that's something that some of us understand in terms of those that are cis, you know, men, like, what does that look like? And so I think finding, I think, and that's a label-esque approach, but I think if we can find ways to help people be inclusive or understand that like you matter and you're important, we shouldn't continue to lose human life because someone looks different because of the power structures at play. And so we've mm-hmm. got to find ways to care about each other on, on a deeper level. And I mean, and I alluded to this at the beginning, but we have to ask better questions than just, Hey, what's up? Or how are you? Um, Archie, you know, the, the feelings guy, our, Archie Messersmith Bunting does the great, like he's doing a, a great 
push for mental health, um, five on the five. And so it's, you call five friends on the fifth of every month and you ask them, Hey, how are you feeling? But you can't just be like, Hey, how are you? I'm fine. And then the conversation ends. How are you feeling? And then ask the follow-up and just listen. There's power in listening. As a speaker, I struggle with that sometimes, but I think overall, like providing the ability to create a space for someone to say their words is going to be incredibly important as we continue to move forward. And so that's more than like your one tidbit piece, but I, I believe that if we care about one another and if we're curious about one another, then we've created a foundation for stronger relationships, interpersonal work, romantic, like whatever those, those foundations of vulnerability, authenticity, um, curiosity, right? Like passions all come to play and, and people can actually show up as themselves rather than societal constructs of what is appropriate, not appropriate. Right. And figuring out what that next iteration is, I think is going to be important for us. Dan, 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 where can people find you? Because they, they're going to look you up. (laughs) They want want to know more. Um, So I am on all social media platforms at Dan fail. That's D A N F I F A I L L. Oh my God. I failed at my last name fail. (laughs) It's captured on this. I would say edit it out, but this is an authenticity thing. So perfect. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Let's try that again. I'm at Dan fail F A I L L. I looked at my screen to make sure I spelled it right on the zoom. Um, (laughs) I'm also on my website. My website is danfail.com. Uh, email is dan at danfail.com as well. So um, happy to, to reach out, happy to interact any way that I can help. Um, that's, that's important to me. And I think helping one person every day is a great philosophy. And I know that that is, is what brought us together. And, um, you know, I want to continue to help and encourage others. Awesome. Well, you helped many, many more than one. <laughs> so thank you, Dan. Uh, Dan, just our fun little question. What are you watching? What should we all turn on and, and learn from that? If, if you need a reminder, I think you just finished watching Amend. Um, oh, that's right. Okay. So I was like, I just binge watched. Uh, so many things. <laughs> some, yeah, I binge watched a lot lately. Um, yeah. So Amend was a great one on Netflix. Um, I think I, I've really started to, you know, in the wake of George Floyd, I've examined a lot of my own behaviors and a lot of my own patterns. Um, as I think many people have, which is, I think, the, the reckoning and the awakening that we needed to have. Um, so I think Amend was an amazing one that I watched. Highly recommend. It's produced by Will Smith. It's got a lot of different actors in it um, about like the most cited amendment in you know, law history, um, which really gives so many people their rights human rights in, in some cases. So that's, that's an amazing one. Um, I think I'm, a, I'm about to start the, um, it's a movie, but it's the trial of the Chicago seven, I think is what it's called. Um, but it's another human rights piece. Um, there's just a lot, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I'm curious about my octopus teacher or whatever that one's called. That's so good. Yeah. Okay, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm like, I'm curious about it. There's a lot that I want to watch, but then Make also up just a little bit. Yeah, there's a there's you know I, I think I also just finished Titans on on HBO because I'm like I need to geek out and to have some of those moments. <laughs> oh yeah, all of it mm-hmm. well balanced. Um, Amend is that something to watch with the kiddos? Is 
Um, you could, I think that there's still, right. Like, I don't know that my kids, I think my, probably my daughter would understand it a little bit more as they get into the social studies, U S government side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say like teen and above okay. would be fine. Um, and, and again, as with any, with any sort of education that you do, the debrief is just as important. Yes. Right? So even if it's stopping at different points to say what you learned, oh my gosh, I just learned this. Did you know this? Chances are neither of you knew it and that's okay. But finding ways to debrief so that it makes sense to you rather than just like, oh, my parents are making me watch this thing. <laughs> but like, why are we watching it? Like we can watch a, a fun movie later. What are we going to watch right now that really is a, a deeper dive um, into whatever that might be? Right. What a what a great way to load them up on some good stuff before sending them off to college. <laughs> yep. We can and... we'll just do our best we can with what we got. Yeah. Dan F A I L L. Thank you so much for coming and talking to everybody. I know everyone just soaked up so much. You know how we can only retain so much. So luckily this is recorded. Everyone can go back and listen to it a few times to take a little snippet away each time and definitely share this with someone who, who needs it. Definitely. Um, Thank you, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. The pleasure was mine. All right, here is the quote for today. The pressures on gay teens can be overwhelming to keep secrets, tell lies, deny who you are, and try to be who you're not. Remember, you are special and worth being cared about, loved, and accepted just as you are. Never, ever let anyone convince you otherwise. That was by Alex Sanchez. Thank you once again for listening to the Coming Out Loved and Supported podcast. Please check out the show notes on how to reach out to Dan and other great resources for support groups and more. If you haven't heard this today, I love you. And yes, you are enough in all the ways. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are the kind of person that likes to help others, then please share this with friends and family. If it helped you, then it will probably help others. Also, if you're needing support and inspiration daily, then connect with me at Life Coach Annie on Facebook. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen today. If you could do me a favor, please leave a positive review so that more people in the LGBTQ community can find meaningful content that motivates.